a new year is coming up, which means that people are supposed to make us look towards the future with excitement and hope. We're supposed to dream big and try to achieve the impossible, right? Wrong. Instead, what I want to do is pop some balloons and drag us all back down to reality because I don't want your Bible reading to become like your gym membership. Hey everybody, my name is Ray Burns and I want to equip Christians to think biblically about every area of life so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. And in this episode, I want us to just consider why you listening right now maybe shouldn't try to read your Bible in an entire year. Now, that might sound like a terrible thing to say, especially on this podcast where I want people to be in their Bibles. I want people reading God's Word and having their lives transformed by the truth within it. So why on earth would I be saying, no, don't read your Bible in a year? Well, that is because while I like to drive people towards thinking biblically, I also like to drive people towards thinking realistically. And things like Bible reading, prayer, you know, all our spiritual disciplines, these things aren't sprints where we just try to, you know, burn out and just get them done. They are marathons. They're things that we want to slowly adapt as a part of our lives so that decades from now, we're seeing growth and we are seeing fruit from this thing that we want to grow. And so in this episode, I really want to talk about why reading the Bible in a year is a good thing. It's a great and amazing thing. But it's not a thing that's for everybody. And now, obviously, I could make this episode anytime, but with the new year coming up, people are looking forward and they're doing the whole New Year's resolutions thing where they're saying, yes, this year I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to, you know, stop being a couch potato and I'm going to go and I'm going to get a gym membership or I'm going to, you know, walk every day or run. I'm going to lose all that weight. Or you look at your eating habits over the last year and say, boy, McDonald's makes me feel gross. I feel greasy. You know, from now on, it's nothing but just good, clean, home-cooked meals for me. Or from the maybe mental standpoint, you say, you know, I haven't read a book since I was forced to in college. And boy, was that miserable, especially if you're like me and had to read stuff like Emma by Jane Austen. You look back at at reading books and think, boy, it's always been a miserable thing, but you know, this year I'm going to get in and I'm going to read some classics. I'm going to find some great books to read and whatever it is, maybe it's finishing a hobby. Maybe it's learning a new skill, whatever. We all like to look back at the previous year and say, you know, this wasn't great, but starting January 1st of next year, I'm going to do better. And we start off and things are great. We're eating healthy. We're exercising. We're loving it. We're constantly posting to social media, trying to make people believe we really do love eating plain broccoli and water for dinner. We have all this excitement and this momentum as we go forward and our emotions are kind of carrying us through these changes. But then after a few weeks, what happens? The excitement of exercise wears off and we find reasons not to visit the gym or do our morning walks or whatever it is. Our schedule maybe gets busy and having a home cooked meal is just not a feasible thing one day. And then maybe there's another week that's really busy. And then there's two days where we eat out and suddenly we're just back to our old habits. You know, books, we realize, boy, these things actually take a lot of time to read. I don't have that kind of time. And so maybe hopefully we can finish a book or two books. But over time, it's not something that sticks. And this isn't 
some new thing. You know, it's not like I'm just, oh, you know, wow, Ray is really speaking to me. No, I'm speaking to 92% of the world because a study showed that of all the people who make some form of New Year's resolution, only 8% of people will reach that goal, which means that you listening are probably part of that 92% who has set some kind of goal at the beginning of the year and over the course of the following 365 days you failed it didn't go well you abandoned it and we're talking about things that are important i mean your health eating out you know maybe spending money more wisely whatever it is these are good things that we abandon and so is followers of Jesus Christ, we often look back at our year and say, boy, I didn't read my Bible well. I was not in God's word like I wanted to be. And for many Christians, what ends up happening is their Bible reading plan becomes just like their gym membership. They start on fire at the beginning of the year, but then over time, they just fizzle out. And so what I really want to talk about in this episode isn't just necessarily why you should feel bad or why you shouldn't read your Bible despite the episode title, but instead, I want to help you identify maybe some reasons why you fail at specifically your Bible reading plan so that hopefully you can identify those weaknesses or those failures. And also at the end of the episode, I want to just give some maybe alternatives or some different ways to think about reading your Bible in a year. So let's start off by just talking reality and looking at just a little bit of data that really shows kind of what we as Christians are starting out as when we are setting out to try to really get in God's Word and read it regularly. So according to Pew Research, for all those people who were interviewed, for those who claim to read the Bible, only 35% of them said that they read it more than once per week. Also of those interviewed, 45% admit to rarely or almost never reading it at all. And so what these facts are showing us just from a a very baseline level is that we love Jesus. We love the redemption we have through him. We love the justification of our sins. We love living for him, but we don't read our Bible. And maybe a lot of times for us, it's that we don't know how to read it. We have every intention of reading it. We want to know it better. We want to be able to use it in our lives when we're thinking through things, when we're talking to people, but we just don't read it for one reason or another. And so we need to just start off with this identification by just honestly admitting the fact that we aren't reading our Bibles. Now, maybe some of you listening are skewed a little more towards that 35% who reads it more than once a week, but even amongst those who do, our Bible reading isn't thorough. Maybe it's a verse of the day. Maybe it's a couple verses. Maybe it's just listening to whatever we get from a Christian radio station or things like that. And we call that our Bible reading, but we aren't actually digging in and reading it for ourselves like we've talked about on this podcast. And so kind of understanding that, just the real reality and the unfortunate reality and maybe the embarrassing reality that we just don't read our Bibles despite being saved for maybe years. It's just not something that has kind of been grafted into our lives and made a natural part of our day. And so realizing that... That can help us understand maybe the first and biggest reason why we fail at these new Bible reading plans and these well-intentioned ideas of going from zero to 100 in our Bible reading. And that is this idea that we are going from 
to use an exercise metaphor, we are going from being a couch potato to immediately trying to be a marathon runner. And by that, I mean that, you know, if you are someone who does not get a lot of exercise, I know very few of us are out there, but there are some people out there who don't exercise a whole lot. And maybe they realize one day, maybe it's a health scare, whatever it is, they say, boy, I really need to just get in there and I need to start exercising more regularly. And there's one of two ways we can do that. Well, there's three ways. The, the one way is to do absolutely nothing, but let's assume we're not going to be that person. The other two ways are one, to slowly build up to it, to do just a little bit of exercise at a time, to make some kind of gains, right? For our week to be filled with more exercise than it was the week before and just kind of slowly increment from there. Another thing that we can do is say, I never run, so I'm just going to run. And we go out to the street or to a track or wherever, and we just try to run for an hour or two hours, or we try to run for several miles. And one of those approaches to exercise is going to go well for us, and one is going to go catastrophically wrong. And we do that exact same thing with our Bible reading. We go from reading maybe a verse or two a day to trying to commit to some kind of plan that has us reading 20 or 30 minutes every day. And maybe even worse than that, a lot of people will start out with read the Bible in a year plans and they will start off in the Old Testament. And so they'll get through Genesis. Wow, this is cool. Exodus. Yeah. Leviticus. Oh, man, I don't know. Numbers. Whoa. Deuteronomy. Oh, come on. And so within the first five books of our Bible reading plan, we are getting through things that are just hard and they're challenging. But not only that, we're also trying to read all these things in a way that we've never done before. And so it's not just that we're out of practice, but we have never done something like this before. And it's just like trying to go from zero to 100 in a running plan. And so the first thing to identify here is simply that we make these big plans to go from never doing anything or doing very little of something to going to an extreme end of it and taking something that requires a lot of commitment, both in terms of our time and also in terms of our mental power and our our longevity. I'm really blanking on a word right now, but you know, we 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 are testing all these limits for ourselves and not just growing them incrementally, but really doing things we've never done before and all at once to a degree that it's no wonder we fail because we we aren't trained for it. We're not equipped for it. And then another thing, and there's really only two reasons that I think most people fail. So the first one, like I said, is just biting off more than they can chew, right? Doing something they've never done before. The second one is that people don't understand or realize that having a desire to do something doesn't buy us more time to do it. I've talked in the past, and maybe it was only on my blog, about how a good way for us to think about time is to think of it like money, in that in any given day, we have 24 hours that we can spend on something, right? We have a time budget, And obviously you can break that into minutes or seconds, whatever you do. But the reality is that when we spend time on one thing, that removes us from the ability to spend that time on thousands of other things. And even in this world where we like to multitask and do two things poorly, at the end of the day, what we spend time doing or focusing on is time that we are spending from our time budget and we can't spend it on something else in a a worthwhile way. So when it comes to our Bible reading, oftentimes what we do 
is we say, you know, I'm going to start off the year and I'm just going to read this Bible reading plan. And especially if you're not accustomed to reading, these plans can take longer because it's not a time-based thing. It's a length-based thing saying you need to get through, you know, X number of chapters every day. And so maybe it takes us 30, 40, 50 minutes to do a single day's worth of Bible reading. Now, we have every good intention of making this work. And a lot of times, maybe we'll feel that little cram of us trying to squeeze in our Bible reading. But what will inevitably happen is that we are going from, you know, the end of the year saying, I have all my time budgeted for this, for work, sleep, working on my hobbies, spending time with my family, having my leisure time and things like that, to then trying to shoehorn in something that takes a solid 30 to maybe even 60 minutes of our day. And it's not just a time requirement necessarily, but an opportunity requirement, because when are we going to find time to actually sit and have some semblance of quiet that will allow us to really invest our time in God's word and not just read it while the kids are screaming or while we're sitting in traffic or in between meetings at work or whatever it is? When are we genuinely going to carve out the time necessary for our Bible reading? Well, for a lot of people, we can't do it. People don't have time in their day to just suddenly devote another, like I said, 30 to 60 minutes to Bible reading. And so they end up failing because they start off the year and they're fitting in their Bible reading time. But in order to do that, they are having to push out other things that we aren't willing to compromise or remove from our lives. So we still want the same amount of time that we spend kind of messing around on social media or scrolling through our phones or you know playing games on our phones or whatever it is. We need to have the same amount of time devoted to family, to work, to all these time requirements that we've always had. And we don't realize that no matter how much we want to read our Bibles and want to devote that time to God, we don't have the time to devote to him because we we only have 24 hours in a day. And those hours have always been dedicated to any number of things and living our lives a certain way. And ultimately, we just can't fit God's word in. We can't fit in the time to read it for a long period of time. And so at the end of the day, what we ultimately will do is we will find ourselves unable to fit in this Bible reading time consistently. And so we will consistently skip days and we will have our lives taken back over by all those time requirements that we've been trying to hold on to and all the things that we we have budgeted time for. And God's word gets squeezed out because it's the newest addition to our schedule. It's the thing we are least accustomed to making time for or to, to, to budgeting for. And so over time, we fail our Bible reading simply because we aren't willing to let something else go in place of spending time in God's word. So that's my balloon popping for the episode. That is me dragging us back down to reality because I think it's important for us to to realistically and honestly examine ourselves and look at our failures in the past and say, did I bite off more than I can chew? Did I try to just jump into marathon training without even having the right shoes on, without even having my muscles properly stretched or being accustomed to any form of cardio outside of getting up from the couch to grab something to eat? Or did we, maybe we were used to reading our Bibles every day, but not with the intensity required to read through it in a year. And so we didn't try to cut out other things in our time budget in order to 
make room for God's word. And instead, our, our Bible reading time just got squeezed out. So like I said, those are the two things that I think most often Christians struggle with. Of course, there's a myriad of other things that might contribute to us struggling to read God's word every day or especially to read the entire thing in a whole year. But like I said, those are the two things that I think are the biggest contributors to why year after year we struggle and we fail and we get frustrated. And then we look back and say, okay, this year I'm really going to do it. So honestly examining ourselves and maybe even just pause the episode now and just really think through, can you identify with this? Because if you're not going to acknowledge why you've struggled, then a lot of what I'm going to talk about is not going to resonate as well, or you're not going to be able to use it as well because you're still ignoring the biggest problems that need to be cut out in the first place. But assuming we're all on the same page and we're good to go, I just want to talk about how can we succeed at reading our Bibles in a year? And the first thing I want us to do is really just realize that there's nothing magical about reading the Bible in a year. God did not deliver his word to us and segment it in such a way that if you read it in these number of segments over the course of 365 days, that somehow you're going to get this huge spiritual blessing or you're going to be a better Christian or that God will love you more. That is, of course, not at all to say that God's word is not important. However, if there's a choice between us trying to read the Bible in a year for five years and constantly failing and never getting through the first part of the Old Testament, or taking two years to read it or three years to read it and setting a pace that is achievable and is something that can start us slow and we can build up to. I think if we all look at it objectively like that, we're all going to say, if I want to read all of God's word because all of God's word is valuable for my life, then I need to set it in such a way that is achievable and realistic so that I can actually get through God's word. So first thing to just realize is that there's no nothing magical, nothing special about reading it in a year other than maybe some people like the challenge, some people like the bragging rights, which if that's the case, go repent of your pride right now and come back. Or maybe people just like the gimmick, you know, the the idea of I read my Bible in a year and it just forces you into that. Whatever it is, just realize that it's okay not to read your Bible in a year, but it's not okay not to read your Bible. Now, next thing to consider is what pace you can set. So examine where you're at now. Are you a Bible reading couch potato? Are you a Bible reader who goes for frequent walks? You know, whatever level you're at, however conditioned you are to reading your Bible, just step it up. Maybe maybe you are ready to read your Bible in a year because you already spend 10, 15 minutes a day in God's Word as it is, so why not just up it a little bit? But really, if you are someone who is just struggling to read it every day, then you know where your goal is. For the first you know month or two of the year, just commit. I'm going to read God's Word five minutes a day. I'm going to start in a certain book. I would not recommend Genesis, and I'll get to why later. But I'm going to start in a certain book, and I'm just going to start it chapter one, verse one, and I'm just going to read five minutes a day, and I'm going to maybe make observations. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to dwell on the things that I'm reading and just commit to that. Let that be the pace that you set for yourself so that a month or two from then you can say, wow, I've been reading my Bible every day for five minutes. Let's up it to 10. What's after 10, 15 or 20. And before you know it, you are reading God's word at a pace where you can then read it in a year. And maybe it's not from 
January to December. Maybe it's from July all the way back around to July, whenever it is. Because again, there's nothing magical about within a calendar year reading God's word other than it just sets a nice little frame for us to work in. Now, another bit of advice is to really consider where you're going to start with your Bible reading. You know, I said early on, people will start in Genesis because that's what every Bible reading plan has us on. We'll start in Genesis. It's awesome creation, getting the history of the patriarchs and all that. We'll get to Exodus. Boom, all these miracles. Israel messing up. Ten Commandments. We love it. But as time wears on, it starts dragging. Not because it's not interesting necessarily, but we're realizing that how does this apply to me? What what am I supposed to get out of this? Should I apply this? Do, am I under the Levitical laws? What do we do with all this stuff that we're reading? And when do we get to the Jesus stuff? So really, again, depending on where you're at, maybe start with the Jesus stuff. Get to know the life of Jesus Christ if you've never read it before. You know, go read through something like John. If you are vaguely familiar with Jesus, as in you're not, you know, new around here and you know what he did, you know about his miracles, maybe actually don't start with the gospel. Maybe instead of trying to read about the life of Jesus Christ and the things he did and the things he said, go read about how we practically apply that to our lives. In other words, go read one of the epistles or one of the letters in the New Testament. So uh, a friend of mine would recommend that you start in Ephesians because Ephesians is really big on just who we are in Christ. I would recommend Romans because I'm just a big sucker for Romans, and that's just a a book of essentially Christian theology, you know, who we are, who God is, and how we then live in light of that. You could read something like Galatians and get a better understanding, especially if you struggle with, you know, feeling like you're not good enough or that you need to earn your salvation or earn God's approval. Galatians is an excellent one to remind us that nothing that we do earns us salvation or earns us righteousness or earns us God's favor. If you want something very practical, go to the book of James. I love the book of James or even first John, you know, those two books are excellent. It just very practical, bare bones. What does the Christian life look like? How do we practically live out the truths of the gospel? And when we start with something like an epistle or, you know, which is another word for a letter, then what we do is we get what we need. We get that practical stuff for everyday living. We get to see what it is to live as a follower of Jesus Christ. Another thing to consider is reading through the Psalms and maybe adding a Psalm onto your normal Bible reading. Maybe just a few verses in Psalms or find the shorter chapters and build up from there because Psalms isn't necessarily an ongoing story, so it's okay to bounce around. Uh, Book of Proverbs, same thing. A lot of people might recommend reading a proverb a day because there's 31 Proverbs, 31 calendar days on some months. That works too. But whatever you do, again, don't try to just pile on a bunch of stuff, but really look at where am I? Where is my Bible knowledge and where do I need to go? And for a lot of people, if you're already struggling with reading God's word, then honestly, starting in Genesis might not be the best thing to set yourself up for long-term success. Bounce around. All of God's word is truth. And for some of us, we need that more practical stuff before we get into something like the Old Testament where we can better understand, okay, how did we get from creation to where we are in in Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection and redeeming us of our sins? How did that all play out? That's what the Old Testament can reveal to us today. But for a lot of us, like I said, maybe we just need to say, okay, how do I now live? And just start there. Now, getting a little further on, 
And this one really ultimately just addresses those of us who maybe don't realize that just because we want to read the Bible doesn't mean we suddenly get more time to read the Bible. Another piece of advice for success is to just look at, okay, what can I sacrifice for something so important? Because we would all agree, if you're listening to this episode, you you see that reading God's Word is important, and reading it daily is necessary for our walk with Christ, for our growth, for our spiritual health and maturity, and just for our understanding of our beautiful Savior and the life that we now get to live because of what He did on the cross in redeeming us and atoning for us and sanctifying us. So, how do we do that? Well, like I said, think of time like a time budget. If you want to give, say, 45 minutes to reading God's Word, you have to remove 45 minutes of your day first. Reading God's Word, just like anything that we want to add to our schedule, reading God's Word has to replace something else in our life. And for those of you who immediately think, oh, I'll just spend less time on my phone, no, you won't. You won't, I guarantee you won't, because phones are easy, phones are a tool to feed our laziness and feed our need for distraction and to make us want to turn our brains off. You will not replace wasting time on your phone. Now, if you hear that and you say, oh, challenge accepted, then good, go spend less time on your phone. But for most people, it's not just a simple matter of, oh, I'll just spend 20, 30 less minutes on my phone because that time isn't accounted for. Wasting time on things, and whether it's watching TV or things like that, those aren't scheduled parts of our day. Instead, here's something I might suggest. If you know that you are someone who at night you you go to bed and you kind of turn your brain off and maybe that is when you tend to waste time on your phone, then adapt your schedule so that you can wake up half an hour earlier. Now, short term, What you're ultimately doing is you're going to be sacrificing sleep because you're probably going to be falling asleep at about the same time every night and then you're just waking up half an hour earlier. But over time, what you are doing is by waking up earlier to read God's word, you're going to be forcing yourself to go to sleep a little bit earlier in the day to kind of make up that time. And when you do that, then what you're doing is indirectly cutting into your time wasting, whether it's staying up late to watch TV or play video games or waste time on your phone or whatever it is, you are removing that time that you waste at night so that you can wake up early. Now, another thing might just be that you do need to give up some activity. Maybe you do plan to regularly wake up and, I don't know, check Sports Center or scroll through social media before you start your day or things like that. And I'll Obviously, all of this is working under the assumption that we start our day reading God's Word, which is something I'd recommend, but I'm not going to get into that here. But, you know, a lot of us, though, rarely do we wake up and just immediately have to go. Some people, I understand, have that kind of schedule. Again, that's where waking up early can help. But for a lot of people, we start our day and we have just kind of this slow integration into life. And so we'll just waste a lot of time checking stuff in the morning or over lunch breaks or when we get home or whatever moments we have throughout the day where we have long stretches of time and we just have these comfort moments. Those are the things that we need to honestly and I think prayerfully consider. Maybe this is something I need to sacrifice. I need to give it up so that I can get something far more valuable because checking social media or watching TV or whatever it is, those things are fine when done in moderation. But when we refuse to give them up because they are so important to us that we would rather do them than anything else, then we know inherently what is more important to us in that moment. 
And again, we don't often think that way. We have nice little ways of convincing ourselves that that's not how it is. But I guess this episode is nothing except being very blunt. So if you can look at your schedule and honestly say, do I have 20 minutes, 30 minutes that I can carve out every day? Is there something that I can sacrifice in order to gain something more valuable? If you're not willing to give that up, you can see what an idol is in your life. And the very first thing we need to do is to acknowledge that idol, repent of it, give it up to God and ask him for the guidance and the wisdom and the maturity to sacrifice something that is so important. And maybe at the same time, give us the wisdom and maturity to see the value of God's word and why that is so much more important than social media, TV, checking stuff on the internet, whatever it is. Now, another suggestion, and I need you to to just take a breath before you start accusing me of being a hypocrite, but another suggestion for succeeding in reading God's word is to get on a reading plan. Now, like I said, hold up, give me a minute. So a lot of us, when we think of a Bible reading plan, immediate thought is, oh yes, read the Bible in a year. And yes, that's fine. But there are so many other reading plans out there. So whether you do want to read the Bible in a year or just read God's word more consistently, there are hundreds of good reading plans out there that are nothing more than just saying, when you wake up today, here's what you're going to read. And especially as technology has integrated more and more, there are Bible reading apps out there that will set some kind of Bible reading plan for you. I know that version is really the big one. And so on there, they've got a lot of Bible reading plans that you can follow. Um, I will say as kind of a warning, uh, if you're going to follow a digital Bible reading plan, follow one that literally just gives you the passages to read that day. I would not recommend something with commentary or things like that just because there is no real filter or control out there. It's really whoever is willing to pony up the money to have their things put on this app are the things that you can access. And in my experience, the quality devotionals are very few and far between. So get a plan that takes you through the Bible in a year, the Bible in two years, the Bible in three years, maybe just the New Testament in a year. I think that's a solid one to follow. Maybe it's reading through the epistles and you just follow a plan that doesn't set you at a pace of saying you have to read this every day. But if you skip a day for one reason or another, then you just pick up and say, okay, here's where I left off two days ago and you just keep going. But reading plans are excellent, and there are so many out there now that it's really a matter of just finding the one that is tailored towards where you're at right now in terms of your reading ability, the time you have, the the commitment that you want to give, and just find the one that works for you. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. Don't wait until the start of the next year to start again. Just say, okay, this didn't work for me. Let's try something else. And maybe eventually you realize that Bible reading plans just aren't how you function or how you think or where you're at right now in your Bible reading. And that takes me to another piece of advice. And that is, instead of just trying to run through God's word as quickly as you can, or in as little time as you can, instead plan to cherish God's word, find a book of the Bible that you want to to study and understand better and go do that thing. Get a commentary, get a, a read along thing that kind of helps walk you through the ideas or the thoughts or the various passages. Have a, a, a friend that you trust that you know that would either read alongside you or that you can go to when you have questions. And the value in that is that a lot of times when we're reading, we think, oh, I'm just reading. It comes in. Oh, that's curious. And then we forget about it. But instead, if we know that we have someone 
that we can turn to with questions or we have a resource like a commentary where we can go to with questions, then when we're reading, our minds are automatically going to be going not towards, oh, that's weird. I don't know what that means. I'll keep going. But instead, huh, that's weird. I I know that I can find the answer to it, so I'm going to go find the answer to it. Then you text your friend, you go to your commentary, you go to whatever it is to help you better understand it. And maybe in doing that, it takes you several months to get through something like one of the Gospels or Romans or even an Old Testament book. But the time that you've spent in God's Word has been valuable because you aren't just seeing a bunch of words inspired by the Holy Spirit, but instead you are understanding the meaning and the context behind them. And then the last thing that I'd recommend, and I would not recommend this as a primary means of reading God's Word, but maybe as a supplement, maybe for those days that you're sick or things are really crazy and you just don't have time, I would recommend finding an audio Bible. And these are great because they often have very good production values. Sometimes there's different character voices using things. Sometimes there's background music that swells with what's happening and things like that. But even just a bare basic, just man or woman reading God's word aloud, this is valuable simply because we are exposing ourselves to something. So when we're going to work, when we have kind of idle time, as we're driving, when we're hanging out and watching the kids practice sports or whatever, we can listen to music, we can listen to podcasts, we can do any number of things, but we can also just listen to God's word. And so, again, don't make an audio Bible your primary means because there is definitely something to be said about seeing it, especially seeing it in the same Bible over and over again so that you can get familiar with where things are, but... Again, audio Bible apps out there. Just go on your app store on whatever your device is and just look up audio Bible. Uh, I believe Uversion has a complete audio thing where you can listen. It's a little bare bones, but that's an option. There are YouTube playlists out there where you just Google Galatians audio Bible or Judges audio Bible and you can just find someone reading. All kinds of options out there depending on where you find yourself, how comfortable you are with technology, but it's an option. So to kind of conclude this episode, what I really want to get across is that I do want you to commit to reading God's word more, not just because it's a new year, but just in general, a new year is a good reminder of last year was kind of bad. Maybe this one can be better, but definitely commit to reading God's word more, but don't do more than you can handle. Don't let reading God's word become like your gym membership where you're really gung-ho in the first few months and then life creeps back in and you just don't have time for it and it just sits abandoned. God's word is, is far too precious for us as Christians to let it just be a thing that is an exciting idea but ultimately isn't something that we can commit to. So whenever you're listening to this episode, whatever your plans are for the new year or the middle of the year, today, right now, make reading God's word more often a priority if you need it to be a bigger priority in your life. Again, like I said, reading through God's word in a year, it's a great challenge. It's a cool milestone. It's an exciting thing to share or to talk about, but ultimately there's no magic to it. And if it's just something that you are being honest with yourself, and that's a big thing about this episode is we got to be honest with ourselves for any of this to mean anything. But if you're being honest with yourself and you just know You know, going from a verse a day, maybe, to 20, 30 minutes a day, reading really challenging Old Testament things that you don't understand. If you're not there yet, then don't be there yet. Be content with where God has you, knowing that if you are consistent and if you are faithful in your reading of God's word, 
he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you with understanding him more. He's going to bless you with a better habit of, of making God's word a regular part of your life. And most likely he's going to bless you with the ability to maybe next year commit to even more of reading his word, or maybe in three months from now, it just unlocks and God allows you to have the consistency or the readability to get into his word more. But whatever it is, wherever you're at in terms of reading level, in terms of having time, in terms of even just desire to read God's word, just get in there and do it. And whatever pace you need to set for yourself and wherever you need to start, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, whether it's the Gospels, the Epistles, maybe you're weird and you just want to jump into Revelation. I wouldn't recommend that to start off with, but but wherever you're at, just, just commit to cherishing this thing that God has given us that leads us to truth, that impacts every area of our lives. But whatever you do, make sure that you're not setting yourself up for failure. Make sure that you aren't making this year most likely to look the same as last year and the year before that. But instead, be honest with yourself, be realistic, set challenging but not overwhelming goals. And overall, don't just do this to feel better or to be less embarrassed or anything like that. But desire to read God's word more in whatever capacity you are because you want to prioritize your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know that you are going to do that by seeking him in God's word every day. So find what works for you. Stick with it. That's important. Stick with it. And over time, reevaluate and just keep pushing yourself as you're able. Because I truly believe that when we can first develop and grow a desire and a love for God's word, then reading all of it is something that will just become a natural desire. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ.